We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to go with me uh, this evening to the book of Exodus. We come to the 14th chapter this evening, Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14, we'll begin reading in verse number 8 of the book of Exodus. The Bible says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, encamping by the sea, beside Pihahiroth, before Baal-Ziphon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness." And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Note with me, if you would, please, in verse number 13, the words of Moses to the people. When he said, fear ye not, then note the next two words, stand still. Stand still. And then I invite you to look with me into verse 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Note those two words, those last two words that we read in verse 15, go forward. Stand still and go forward. 
stand still and go forward. The children of Israel had left the land of Egypt. The Bible says in our text, they went out with a high hand. They went out with a high hand because God, with his strong and mighty arm, had delivered them. By the time that the children of Israel went out of the land of Egypt, of course, the firstborn of all of Egypt were dead. The people were heartbroken. But what preceded that was a series of plagues that brought a great nation down. Their crops were gone. Their economy was gone. The gods that they worshipped were overthrown and defeated. God demonstrated his mighty power. Their livestock was dead. They suffered great affliction. What began with the Pharaoh's comment of, Who is the Lord? Moses went to him and said, Let the people go. They're going to go worship the Lord. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? Well, by the time they went out, Pharaoh knew who the Lord was. And all the world and all of Egypt knew who the Lord was. And God's people were on a journey from the land of bondage to the land of promise. And along the way, the Lord told them, through his servants, stand still. And then he told them, go forward. Oftentimes in life, we come to places where we don't expect to stop, but nevertheless, we have to stop. And it is in those moments that we're stopped that God begins to speak to us yet again. The people, as we read, were very discouraged. Imagine seeing all that they saw in God's mighty power demonstrated clearly. In Egypt. And then to say, we told you just to leave us there. It would have been far better for us to have died in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. We all have a short memory, don't we? In the immediate crisis, we often forget about the faithfulness of God. And our hearts are filled with fear. We engage our mouth far too soon, don't we? And so the Lord says to Moses, stand still. And then he says, go forward. As a church, we have a wonderful opportunity that God has given to us. He has clearly led us, as I mentioned this morning, over the past four years. Now, he's led us throughout the 82 years of our history, soon be 83. And there have been standstill moments and there have been go forward moments. We were ready to go forward in March of 2020. But that was a standstill moment because the world shut down, right? We weren't able to meet together. You were having to listen to me online 
and I was preaching to an empty auditorium. And I didn't enjoy that very much, and I, I doubt you enjoyed listening to me online very much as well. Now, that was a, a difficult time, and the uncertainty of it, we had to stand still. And then we anticipated what God would do, but God did not do exactly what we thought he would do. There were delays and difficulties that seemed to be frustrating. But what we found is that God was working on our behalf. God works in the standstill moments. We like the go forward moments, don't we? I mean, that's our nature. We're, we're wired that way. We want to see progress. We want to advance. <clears throat> we are not really fond of standing still. But God said, stand still. And then he said, go forward. Well, let me think about that in light of where we're heading tonight as a church and the news that you're going to get and the proposal that you're going to get as a church about the next step of uh, the property for us and the development of it and the usage of it, which is really the main point, right? to use the property that God's provided for us for the furtherance of the gospel, the advancement of his kingdom, for the training of children, for the outreach that we as a church believe God has given us to our community. And in this passage, we note some things. We note, first of all, the path of God's people. The Bible says in chapter 14, verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihahirath between Migdal and the sea over against Belzivon. Before it shall ye encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God directed them along a path that would reveal clearly who he was through his people. As we follow the Lord, what does God want to do? What does he want to accomplish in our lives? He wants to accomplish this purpose in our lives, that we would make him known to the world, that he would become more known by us and that we in turn would be transformed and make him known by our life and conduct so the lord led them along an unlikely path one that did not make very much sense geographically there certainly would have been an easier path along the way by the way had they taken that path they doubtless would have encountered an army that would have attacked them and oftentimes we think about the direction of our lives and we have a determined direction and we think that's the way this should go. But often God does not direct us in that way. He is protecting us from things that we cannot see. And he is leading us along the path that he has determined for us so that he can be known by us, in us, and through us. To a lost and dying world. 
Well, God put them in a position where the Pharaoh would say, hey, I don't understand why they went that way. They're easy pickings for me. Let's go after them. That was a part of God's plan. And so we see in verse 8, the Bible says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand, but the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them, encamping by the sea beside Pihahirath before Belzephon. So we see the path of God's people, but then we see the pursuit of the enemy. And here's one thing we can know about this journey. Our enemy will pursue us. He will do all that he can to cause us to fear. And he will try to destroy us. He will try to divide us. This is the work of Satan against us. The pursuit of the enemy. And then we see something happen that no doubt they thought was very unfortunate. And that was the pause that came to the Lord's people. The standstill moment, right? Verse 10, And when the Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They couldn't believe what they were seeing. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they did what many of us would naturally do. They began to cry out irrationally in their fear. And they already had themselves buried in the desert. Because there were no graves, he said in verse 11, they said to Moses, because there were no graves, <coughs> excuse me, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? We're going to die out here, Moses. God brought us out here to die? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? God made a bad call, and Moses, you did too. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone? Why, why, why did you even come to Egypt to get us anyway? We were doing okay in bondage, serving the Pharaoh. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. When we stand still, when we have those pause moments, we cease from our own activities, and we learn to rely on the Lord. The enemy's coming. The natural man says, run for your life. Moses said, stand still. Quit trying to figure this thing out. Quit worrying about everything. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. See God's mighty hand deliver you. Had he not proven himself the ten plagues that destroyed Egypt? when he separated the Egyptians from the Israelites and the Israelites suffered no harm, but all of Egypt suffered from the plagues. He said, I want you to think about that. I, I want you to consider that. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. <clears throat> 
I love verse 14. My wife often quotes it to me. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. That's part of the stand still. Yeah, this isn't a very nice expression, but sometimes we just need to shut up. Kids, don't repeat me. You get me in trouble at home. In my home, too, I'll probably be in trouble with my wife. Be quiet. Stand still. Listen to God. Have you ever been in a pause moment? There's nothing left for you to do. Jacob was there, wasn't he? Jacob had tried all his life to secure what God had already promised him. He just didn't trust God to give it to him. The blessings. God had already said, they're yours, Jacob. But that wasn't good enough. Jacob was afraid that his dad, who was determined to give them to Esau, would get the job done. And that Esau, who would do nothing with the blessing, would end up getting it. And he just couldn't trust God enough to believe that God would work it out. So Jacob helped the Lord out. Does the Lord need our help, by the way? But He tried to help him out. He tried to cover all the bases in case God forgot something or missed something. You know, Jacob was an astute guy, smart, a good businessman. He worked for Laban, and he did well. Laban did well while Jacob was working for him, and then Jacob did well all of his life. He, he learned to rely upon his own ingenuity and his own tactics. But there came a time when he had to face the music, and Esau was coming, and he was afraid that finally all of his manipulation and all of his dishonest dealings, his lies and deceptions, his strong-arming was going to come back on his own head. They said, hey, Jacob, your brother's coming to see you with 400 men. <laughs> and Jacob's got his wives and his children. What do you think he thought? Well, you know what he thought. He thought, this is it. This is the end. And he fell and prayed. And he asked God to deliver him. And then he got up from that prayer, and he went right back to work like he always had been. He said, send Esau some gifts. Let's divide the cattle. Let's divide the, the, the sheep. And, and let's divide uh, uh, other, other forms of livestock. And let's send him some presents. And let's greet him along the way with present after present. We might appease him. Then he prayed again, and he gathered his family, and he sent them over the brook Jabbok. The brook Jabbok means emptying. And there's an, an expression in Genesis 32. He sent over that he had. That's the very language of the Bible. He sent over that he had, meaning he had nothing left. That was the last thing he could do. And he was alone with God. 
and he wrestled with the Lord. God spoke to him. He touched the hollow of his thigh. He said, let me go. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. There it is. He wanted that blessing, right? And God gave it to him. And he says, you're no longer Jacob, no longer a supplanter, no longer a manipulator, a schemer. You are now, Israel, a prince with God, and thou hast power with God and man. And the Lord fought his battle. Because when Jacob finally saw Esau, he wasn't greeted by an angry man. He was greeted warmly with a hug and a greeting, I'm glad to see my brother. He had to learn to hold his peace and trust God to fight for him. And oftentimes we have to learn to hold our peace in those quiet, lonely moments when we've sent over that we had, when there's nothing left for us to do. And all we can do is trust God. By the way, that is all we can do. And he said, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. A pause that came to the Lord's people. Then we see the progress of the Lord's people. And the Lord said unto Moses, verse 15, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. The time now is over for the prayer. It's time to move. And when God is ready to move, he's going to move. He's going to move. I remember years ago in our anniversary celebration, we had gone through some great difficulties, and we heard the message, when thou hearest the going in the tops of the trees. David was going out against the Philistines and leading the men to battle. And God said, don't move until you hear a going. But when you hear the going, well, you need to go. And that day God spoke to me. He spoke to many of you. It was a message we who were there did not forget. I hope you haven't forgotten it. Go forward. And when God's ready to go forward, we need to go forward with him, right? You don't know when he's going to do it but you need to be ready when he does. He told the people of Israel that night that the death angel came through when they ate the Passover. He said, when you eat this meal, you put your shoes on, get your staff in your hand, be ready to go, because after you eat it, you're moving. And we must be ready to follow God and trust God and believe God. But notice how the Lord led them. He said, Lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground. They were, they were behind them was the army of Egypt. In front of them was the Red Sea. How are they going to make it to their destination? They got to go through the water. I preached not too long ago on this subject, the faith to go through. And we need the faith to go through. 
And the Lord will give us that faith. The faith to go through. And he led them through that water. And God has led us through waters. He's led you through waters. And there'll be more waters for us to encounter. More pursuers that we'll face. God said, go forward. Can you imagine? Hey, people, get ready. Where are we going? We're going over there on the other side of the water. Oh, really? How are we going to get there? I don't know. Moses just said, get ready. Let's go. And then they saw Moses lift his rod. They saw the waters part. And they walked over on dry ground. Well, let me give you one last thought here. Look at verse 19. And the angel of the Lord, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these. You see, it was the presence of the Lord that was revealed there that night. The presence of the Lord. And here's what we have that the world does not have. We have God with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? We have the presence of the Lord. And his presence, though it served as a darkness to the Egyptians to keep them from getting to the children of Israel, it was light to the people of God. Aren't you glad for the light that we have and the light that God gives us? He gives us light in the midst of the darkness. And that light came between, that presence of the Lord came between the Egyptians and the Israelites so that the Egyptians could not, uh, could not apprehend the nation of Israel. They could not catch them. They could not hurt them. And they could not harm them. God has protected his people and will continue to do so. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. But then notice what happened in verse 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. I, I, I'm sorry, but let me stop right there. Those Egyptians, they were extremely intelligent people. Look at all that they built. But they were awfully, awfully dumb, weren't they? To be so smart, they were really stupid. After all they had seen, to go in after them? And it came to pass that in the morning watch, in verse 24... The Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of the fire of the cloud. You see, God is watching. And he troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels and they drave them heavily. They slowed them all down, didn't he? And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, 
and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of the Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea. You see, the water didn't touch them. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. What do we want people to see in this world? The great work that God is doing. And we're praying that God would do a great work in us and through us. So there will be seasons when he says, stand still. And there will be times when he says, go forward. We can trust the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.